Yeah, it's my pleasure once again to welcome to the mic of CKUT 90.3 FM, the cultural ambassador. I call him that from out of Barbados, also an educator. And uh, the last time he was here, so many things I wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask, talk to him about this particular song, uh, Jack, because we have had several Jacks in Jamaica. Especially the one who won't sound anyway. They said, don't speak ill of the dead, so I won't. Um, Dr. Anthony Gabby. <laughs> I can't get out of the habit. Dr. Anthony Carter. Welcome, sir. I, let me get your, 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 your mic here. Well, we, welcome to CKUT one more time. Thank you, How are you? I am feeling good, even better now that I'm seeing you. And um, I want you to talk to me a little bit about this Jack thing, because, you know, that was one of my lineup I had. Because, you know, we have had several Jacks who um, wanted to, to lock off the beaches of Jamaica, which they're doing now, but not in my time when Michael Manley was in power. Because as Michael Manley said, this beach belongs to all Jamaicans and they should be allowed to walk around Jamaica. Give me a little bit about what was happening in Barbados. As, as good evening, uh, watchers and listeners. I just want to say that um, it's my pleasure to be here with you, Seth, all the way from Montreal and in Barbados. Um, yeah, he was a very powerful man. He was a lawyer. He was a man who was the chairman of the Board of Tourism. And um, I saw a statement that he made in the newspaper. Then he said that it, you don't know why the people are making such a fuss that the property owners have the right to bring their property down to the high water mark. So I called him mm -hmm. and I said, Jack, statement here, um, did you make this statement? He said, yes. I said, well, if I were you, I would disassociate myself from that statement because you are not with the people when you do this. He said, I'm, I'm with the people <laughs> whom I represent. Mm. And I represent most of the hoteliers and most of the big property owners um, on the West Coast in particular those big property owners. Mm -hmm. I said, if you don't withdraw the statement, I'm going to immortalize you in song. Oh, so he laughed, he chuckled, he said, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, no song captain me anything. I hope you have a lot of money. Because, mm. Um, mm. If you call me in, in any way that would be libelous or scandalous, you will have to pay the penalty. I said, Jack, when I call your name, it is going to be so powerful that you can't fight it. You can't fight <laughs> 270,000 Barbadian people. Good. And uh, said, man, no song can't do me anything. I said, okay, you wait till you hear this one. I sat down and in 10, maybe 15 minutes at the most, I wrote that song. With all the fire that was in me. With all the... The anger. Yes. The emotion, the creativity, everything, bam, like that. And when it came out, the first night, nobody clapped. Today. What is this? <laughs> the second night, the whole place was rocking. I said, why you all didn't clap the first night? I said, we were listening for the song. We were yes, listening to hear what it was. Listening to the words. There's no stopping that song. Not just in Barbados, but in Grenada, in St. Lucia, in Dominica, in Jamaica. In Virgin Islands, in St. Martin, you know, wherever Caribbean people assemble, even in places like Canada, Montreal, Toronto, England. Yep. It was big uh, here, big here. I can vote for that, you know. Yes, it became tremendously popular. And it also was in a movie called Water with British actor Michael Caine. Mm. So, it, 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 till this day, we have not had a song in Barbados that sold more records than Jack. Not You're kidding me. I didn't know that. No song. No song. I'm going to say no song. Not my song. But any artist at all who has sold more records than Jack. Jack. Well, you know, um, so how, how, how has, how has it worked out in, in Barbados now? Are you allowed to walk on any beach or you have to be? Yes, but we're having problems, especially down the West Coast and recently, I went on a beach on the south coast at my sandals, your friend. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know the guy, you know. He's a very generous man, but very... Anyway, go ahead. I'll tell you after. I I went there, and I had held a meeting with the general manager before, and the PR person, who was a good friend of mine, David. And um, they agreed that where their signs were on the beach were in the wrong location, was too close to the water, and that they would rectify the problem and move the signs in a few months. They said they didn't want to move them immediately because we looked like Gabby Company was so big and powerful and bad, and it forced Sanders to move their signs. So they're not going to do yes. that. What they would do, move it quietly, let the press be out of it, you know, and things like that. I said, I have no problem with that as long as it's being moved. Well, I went back there about a month ago, and the signs were still there. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to the tourists who were sitting on the lawn chairs, or on the beach, or it would be. Most of them were British, if not all. And I said to them, look, my name is Anthony Carter. My title is Dr. the Most Honorable Anthony Gabby Carter. Mm-hmm. I'm an artist. I'm also the cultural ambassador for the country. And, um, and, and I'm, I've also received the, the country's highest award, which mm-hmm. replaces sir, because sir, no, it's most honorable. Mm-hmm. So I said, and I'm not just here to protest like any ordinary citizen. I'm here because I had an agreement with Sanders that these signs will be moved back at the Sanders property, because they admitted that it was, the signs were not on their property. It was beyond. And the reason they did it is because there were guys pushing drugs and they want to see the sign, they wouldn't go past the sign. Mm-hmm. I said, thanks, because there were five or six signs that were uh, located in the wrong location. So I stood up there, and this guy comes and said, man, you know you have to move because you're behind the sign. I said, but the sign is in the wrong place. He said, man, if you don't move, I will make you move. I said, you cannot make me move. And with that, the guy started pushing me all over the place. And, you know, something like that. So as a result, you know, about... Three, four days later, I had a lot of pain. My back had to go to the doctor. I had to seek help because it, at night, sometimes when I'm sleeping, I'm and things like that. So, you know, I'm trying to get that result as we speak. I have a police report to carry in um, on, on, on Monday. But anyway, point is that they never move the sign. So, but short son spoke with me. And he apologized. He said it should not have happened and all of that. And we have it resolved. But it, it Good. Was, it was because you thing. see, it's the son who is doing all of this. Eh? Trust me. It's the son. The father, he, he, he took his advice from the younger generation. And it, uh, um, he, Butch Stewart is a very nice person. I've had the pleasure of, uh, we did, we worked twice at his hotel in Jamaica and, um, meeting him and all that. But he has a son there. Anyway, don't let me say what I shouldn't say on the radio, but, um, that's who is, you know, uh, we went through that as a young man growing up in Jamaica. Michael Manley said, all Jamaicans need and should be able to walk right around the islands, the island. And, um, and no way should these hotels, because they had, uh, the, 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 um, this fancy hotel, the Hilton or whatever the name, who they, they, they locked off the whole beach, a mile and a half of beach. So the citizens couldn't get to do it. Anyway, Gabby, um, you know, I, I got my answer with that, and I'm sorry it, um, it's not working out as yet, but you said, you know, um, it should. All right. So I want to change, I want to change directions a bit here because I want to ask you something. Um, why do you insist that great philosophers like Plato and Socrates were not philosophers at all? Because they were thieves. And liars. Um, you know, I, I don't hide my mouth with that. Yes. Plato, Socrates, Isocrates, the whole lot of them were thieves and liars. What happened was that the Egyptians had the first system 
that gave us philosophy, mathematics, mm-hmm. science, biology, archaeology, uh, astrology, music, linguistics, you name it, they were the first, right? And uh, they had banned the Greeks from entering Egypt for 5,000 years. 5,000 years. But then the Greeks reapplied and asked to please allow us to come just for purpose of our education because the Egyptians were so advanced in education to, 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 to the Greeks. They came and he sent this guy, Alexander the Great, Constantine sent Alexander. Alexander reported back and told him, listen, <laughs> these people are truly much more advanced than us in so many things, in education, in road building, you know, in, 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 in their books, in their, in their everything. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we have on them, they do not have an army that can be that. Let us go back. And they went back and defeated the Egyptians and uh, turned the Egyptian library at what they renamed Alexandra into their place. And they took most of the books back into Greece and start calling themselves philosophers. Mm-hmm. So Greek philosophy is really stolen Egyptian philosophy. All right. You see, so- even in the religion. Mm-hmm. They had a system called the system of salvation in which a person could move from an ordinary person to that of a God, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how they had it. And this told all those ideas that everything from the Egyptians never praised them. And then the following up that years after, for hundreds of years, other Europeans then turned around and, um, what they did is to isolate Egypt out of Africa so that they would speak of Africa and Egypt as though they were two different places. Because to say that Egypt is in Africa would be to say that black people were the first real educators in the world and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that before. I'm not too, I'm not too strong where that is concerned, uh, but it, it, you're, you're down the right path because there was a lot of stealing there that was happening. All right. So, um, another one I want to hit you with because I've heard uh, you, you talking about this before. Why do you always say that Jesus was black? Do you insist this because, uh, yeah, you know what? Again, I can make it to the the Constantine is who brought Christianity into Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. So he destroyed Egyptian mystery system and installed Christianity as its perpetual enemy, right? Understand? I remember at that time there were no white people in that part of Africa or in any part of Africa. White people or Caucasian people came after they invaded Egypt. Right? So, prior to that, it's all black people we're talking about. Every figure in the Bible is a black person. There were no white people in that area but at that time. How do so you... Can I... Not be white. Could I get in a little bit there? How do you um, dis- disapprove the historical records um, saying Jesus was a Semite from the Middle East. Those records are fake, phony, misinformation, misdirection, and lies. Right? Mm-hmm. Because he was a Jew, but those Jews were black people. They were not what you see today. People calling her Hasidic Jews and this kind of Jews, Orthodox Jews. It wasn't those, those, those people are Europeans. You're talking about black people. The first Jews were black people. Mm-hmm. And so they inhabited the land. So were, so were the Hebrews. So were the Palestines. 
so the, all, all, all those people were black people, right? And even the Bible itself tells you who Jesus was. They said he had hair like sheep's wool, locks like mine, mm-hmm. one, and that his feet were like burnished brass. Now brass is already black, but if you burn it, it's going to get even darker. Right, mm-hmm. I've seen brass being being melted uh, or smelted, and it's it's black. It's like almost like ash. So, if Jesus had that kind of hair and that kind of skin, I mean, the Bible itself tells you that he was a black person, and his people around him was black because Moses himself said, "I am black, but comely." And they thought that he meant, oh, he was sinful or something. No, no, he meant he colors, his, the color of his skin was mm-hmm. black. All of those guys were black people. But we, understanding the thing wrong, and we put the European twist to it and decided, hey, no, Jesus was white. Have we got this little white boy? Right? I think it was Michelangelo or one of those guys. Uh, who first painted Jesus black because prior to the 16th century Europe all portraits of Jesus was black but then they turned it around right and they gave us this black this white boy with, with blue eyes and blonde <laughs> totally uh, wrong alright we're gonna get back into our history but before we do um, I, 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 I want you to tell me a little bit about this chicken and ram business. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> there, was, there is a woman here. Her name is Ram. Oh. And she had a farm. Her name is Ram Merchant Danny. Right? Uh-huh. She is born in India, but she's been living here for over 50 years for sure. And um, she had a farm. And, um, you know, it was alleged that she had these chickens. <laughs> it was alleged. It was alleged. <laughs> and at these chickens, according to the, the report, these chickens, that some had died. And that some of these chickens were sold. And she denied it. She's my friend. But I had to write the song. So I wrote a song <laughs> called Chicken and Ram. I love my chicken and ram. <laughs> so her Asha, I call her Asha. She said, Gabriel, I don't understand. I, I, I can't sue you because you didn't say you don't like. You say you, you love chicken and ram. I, 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 smart, smart, smart. <laughs> and I, I, I wrote the song. I mean, she said, come to public now and let public know that you are on my side. I said, Asha, I wouldn't do that. However you look at so, so are you on my side or are you against me? I said, Asher, whatever you interpret it to be, that's what it is. Mm. I am not coming up and saying this and that and that. I just write a song. The other people's songs were banned. Mine was banned as well for a good long time. What? This I song was banned? My song, Chicken and Ram, was banned for quite some time. Why? Why? Why was it banned? <laughs> Maybe I, I, I'm not listening to it correctly, but I have to really sit down when this program is over and listen to Chicken and Ram. Why would they? they why would they ban Chicken and Ram? Because Miss Ram, <laughs> and she was advertising with the radio station. Oh, if she withdrew her. Her, uh, she was advertising millions of dollars with those people when the year come. So they felt that if they were against her, that she withdraws this uh, advertising revenue, that it would hurt them financially. In a okay, money again, right? Money again, yeah, money I'm again. Um, you know. I know, I know Calypsonians are the spoken, are the spoken words of the people, right? So, what do you do? You, 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 uh, um, 
sit and uh, observe everything because you seem like a very observant person and you you um put them put put what you're looking at in words and in songs good question Rex. i don't i can't explain my mind okay i can see something and immediately i can write on it anything if you tell me now to sing a song about anything i can do it sing a song about anything well sweat hmm? i am fool you know that this one is true you and i having a ball i am barbados you in montreal <laughs> i spam barbados i am fooling you Fresh man, you come from in Jamaica, and just like me, you used to be a singer, but nowadays, man, you retire. <laughs> Jesus, man, you guys are—I hate Calypsonians, you know. Um, boy, I don't know. I'm I'm scared of you guys. No, no, I'm joking with the hate business, but I. I have um my good friend Glenn Glenn Washington. He does the same thing to me too. He will sit there if he sees me doing something and make up a song, and you just sat there and make up that beautiful, beautiful Gabby. I, I'm I'm just gonna play one more, take a little musical break here, and um I, I I want you to tell me how this came about after. All right, so let's get get a little bit of listen with this one. I always love this one. Kill it in parties here in Montreal. You know, when a Jamaican say hit it, I don't know if it's the same thing you mean. Hey! Jill was playing cricket with me. Hey. And I passed her one day. She balling like sobers and I couldn't get the ball play. She start with in and out swingers that puzzle me. Every time that I make a stroke, I miss sing she. She pull it slow, I on my toe to blister she. But when I play for our break, it was Bugali. She tell me, hey, oh, you're missing so. You used to ride before. If you could handle me, hit it and let me see. Hit it in the corner, hit it in the cover. At 51, uh, 451, Gabby is going to tell me all about hitting it. Let me see if it's the same story I have in the back of my head. Now, you know, the, the, the old story, I don't remember the name, and he said what? He was saying that he was singing dirty songs, not songs, suggestive songs, and he said, no, I'm not. What do you hear me saying is what I mean. So I'm going to kill them dead with a fight in their head. So... It, it, it is that. I'm killing them there with a bite in their head. So I am talking about a cricket game and they're oh. talking about a little something. I got you, sir. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a cricket game. Yes. And she should That's hit perfect. the balls perfectly. Yes. So I, they ask me to hit, hit yeah. it. Right? Mm -hmm. And then she questions, how you missing so? You need to ride me for. Right, look at it in the corner, the cover, hit it in the middle of it. Oh, God, you're killing me, boy. I'm so glad I brought you back for this half an hour, but I, I, I will have to stretch it. I, I, um, seriously, you know, why do you insist that no slaves came to the Caribbean or the Americas? Why? Is it important that you can't, um, you know, well, I, I may have to move your location because my body is going. Okay. I don't want it to be um, But I have to tell you that I am totally convinced that no slaves came to the Caribbean, not even one. No? Okay. All right. Here, what I'm going to do, Gabby. I'm just going to play. I'm, I'm going to play um, Jacita. I wanted to know about Jacita. While you fix your... Is it Jacita or Gisela? I think it's Gisela. Yes. It's not... You know, it's Spanish. It's Oh. Gisela. 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 Okay. 
Wait, that one is interesting. Finish, uh, finish telling us what you were telling us a while ago here. Um, about the, about the Hittite or, or, or about the Hittite? No, no, about the Hittite and, um, uh, it's the people who has the thing in their head, right? Yes, yes. The yes, vice. Good. All right, let me hear let, let me hear the story on this one, boy. I love I love this. Boy. I start rapping mambo jumbo to stand like she If few Spanish words I know Running up my tongue rapidly Trying my best to convince she To go home with me But she wants so much as even retaliate She can't live I, I, I got this story yeah. I got this story Yeah, she's from Panama Them Panamanians, I tell you boy When you watch them dancing You, you really want to take them home You know what I mean? But tell me something. How you remember all of these songs? I mean, it is my work. So my work, I write, I record, and I remember. Ah. Right? Now, you know, if I write a song today, it took me longer to get it right. You know, the longer the same class I wrote. Okay. None of the songs that I wrote back then that I would forget. I would sing all of them. Over and over, and every one of them, so I didn't know the lyrics and stuff like that. You know, um, mm-hmm. sorry about that. The long memory is a lot better than that. Yes, yes, we all are suffering, dear brother. Um, what I was asking you about um, the slaves not coming um, oh, to yes. the Caribbean. Um, why, why did I say that? Yeah, why did I, you I say that? that? I said that for something. Then our people came, we came as joiners, masons, carpenters, economists, teachers, doctors, yes, who became us. Mm-hmm. And we were enslaved. There's a difference between them slaves from and then we enslaved people. So we came as free people. Put his hands on us on a boat to bring us just not making us a slave. That's a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Now, what you want to have a slave now, you take away the freedom. You take away the culture. You take away the religion. Once you take away the language. Once you take away those two, then you have a slave. That's what they do with us. None of us speak the African language anymore. None of us worship as a, as a, as African people did, right? So, you know, another, like you said, the religion, the culture, none of us said it, you know, we can't get back to things with drums and stuff like that. There's nowhere near, when we get to Africa and all the drums, the type of drums, first of all, and the way that they make them and see it is completely different from what we do. We see mimic them, but we don't play in the same way, the same cultural fight of manner. We, we play what we believe mm. is the right thing. We, we don't just personally to understand the depth of the depth of the world. You know, so that's how we became a slave. It's a way of culture, it's a way of religion, it's a way of language. And we have a slave. Yes, I firmly believe that because uh, looking at the people in Jamaica and I, I say to myself, no way was any slave that came to Jamaica and um, whosoever was in Jamaica, they were turned into slaves. This is how the Maroons were able to start their own thing. Yes, so I know we're at it, right? Mm-hmm. In the and the maroon, it was a breeze that 500 miles of Jamaica would be maroon country. Mm-hmm. And that has never happened. No. They never got the 500 miles. 
which is a pity, really. They should be allowed to have their own government, their own everything, nothing to do with the Jamaica police or nothing like that, because they, that land belongs to them legally. It's not like they're trying to get it. It has already been um, granted to them, you know, and I support the Maroons on that. That is their land. There's an agreement. It just has never been carried out. But another important thing is, as you well know, there are certain parts of that 500 miles in those mountains that they still speak African language. Yeah. They still do. You know, a lot of, a lot of, um, other Caribbean people here and some Jamaicans are even aware of that, that they actually have some West African language and, uh, I think it's at least one and, and, and others in the dialect that they speak, right? It mm-hmm. reminds me of like that I was in Nigeria. Um, as you know, I'm an African chief, I'm a Nigerian chief. Mm-hmm. My name is Chief Omawali and it means our son has returned to us. Right. So when I was near the chief, chief in, 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 um, the Dagri, uh, uh, in Elara, and Alara, I um realized that you know the languages, the the, the feel, the food, the this, the that, there's so much that we have to reconnect to. And and if I may go on quickly for further, on Tuesday I will be singing a song that I wrote to commemorate a, a collaboration between. Ghana and Barbados and the Ghanaian police band and the Barbados police band will play mm. simultaneously at the same time online while I sing. Wow. So this is a, this is a first because to have two different bands playing with you at the same time, I, I don't think, I, I, I've never heard of that before in no. two different countries. No. You know, so, but, you know, all people, you have got to understand that we come from great people. You know, our history did not begin with slavery. Slavery was the last part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we are a powerful, brilliant people. And once we establish that, and we begin to wear the clothes and eat the food and, you know, and seek to have one, at least one of the West African languages being taught in the school. Or if it's East African language, it's Swahili. So it's, it's the most widely spoken uh, language in, in East Africa. I am saying that once we begin to root like that, it is, it, it, there's no stopping us. We, we, we can spiritually lift ourselves. We're going to be a more powerful people, a more conscious people. And, uh, you know, this mental slavery, we will get mm-hmm. rid of. Mm-hmm. 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 That's, uh, that's for sure. You know, um, I know you, 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 uh, have a, a very powerful mind where the islands are concerned. What, as a, as, as an observer, what do you think is happening to the islands as it is now in the Caribbean? Well, they're suffering from post slavery syndrome <laughs> because they never will pay reparations. That's the first and most important thing. So, when we check the money, just money alone, not to do with other things like infrastructure and so on. Mm-hmm. When we check the money, they, look at the, look at the irony of this and look at the injustice. The people who enslaved us mm-hmm. were paid millions of dollars that in today's money comes up to about three or four trillion dollars, not billion, that they were paid. And as a matter of fact, up to, to five short years ago, um, about 17, yes, up to uh, 2017, the British government was still paying back the families of slave masters for losing their slaves. Can you imagine that? Mm. They were compensated 
for losing the slaves. And the slaves were never paid one single cent, them nor none of their ancestors. So there's a guy called Richard Bats, who is the richest member of the British House of Commons right now. He represents a place called Dorset. Mm-hmm. And he has a plantation, one in Jamaica, called Black Soil, and one in Barbados. Yeah. Same name. Mm-hmm. And he still owns that plantation, was passed on from his great great grandfather to his great grandfather to his grandfather to his father to him. And I'm saying the first thing we should allow to do is to is talk to him about it, and if he don't give it up, confiscate it. It's ours. <laughs> you work for that already. So mm-hmm. we need to do it in Jamaica. We need to do it in Barbados. Take the Drax Hall plantation and give it to the government. You know? Okay. That's what I see. I hear you. I And I, I tend to agree with you on a lot of things because um, <laughs> the slavish mentality, boy, I don't know. Um, uh, some, some, some of your listeners, um, want you to talk more about the, the show that you're doing on Tuesday. More information so that they, um, oh, is he gone? No, I'm here. I'm oh. trying to get this down there. can't be there. Okay. Um, you know, I am not as good on this thing as this young man at all. Don't worry. Uh, me too. I, I I'm surround. I, I surround myself with young uh, brains. Can you? Can you? Can you? Am I back now? Yes, you're you're front now, not back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, some of your listeners were was wondering if you could talk some more about your show that you'll be doing on Tuesday and what could they do if they want to listen or they want to see or whatever. My show, well, you know, we had stopped um, during COVID, right. but what happened is that all for many, many years, I taught um, music, drama oh, yeah? in schools, in particular, yes, so in primary schools. So for a long, long time, since 1977, mm-hmm. I was doing that, right? And, um, you know, at the present time, I am not doing shows and stuff. I'm just writing poetry at the moment. So I have written, let's put it the other way around. I am now 45, yes, 45 poems away from 2000. And I started on the 30th of August, 2017, and I have now completed uh, or nine, 19,957. So I need another 43 points to complete 2000. I just brought out a book in November mm-hmm. called The Anthemiology. I re- deliberately name it Anthemiology as opposed to Anthology. Because <laughs> everybody's thing is Anthology. And I said, well, my name is Anthony. Mine is Anthemiology. Right? So. <laughs> I brought up volume one. It's, uh, it, it can be had on, um, on the, uh, Amazon. And, um, I'm in the process of bringing my second book of poetry. But my intention is to have 35 to 36 books of poetry. Um, that will be my lifetime work as far as I'm concerned to, to pass on to generations to come. Uh, the show that they, they're asking about is a show that, that you're going to do with the bands online. Will people? Oh, the, the show on Tuesday. Yes. That's Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, between Ghana and Barbados. Um, I will be back by the Barbados police band while the Ghanaian police band will join us at, simultaneously as I perform this new Song. I don't even have a name for the song yet, but it will come. But it's a song talking about the, the harmony between Ghana and Barbados. Mm. You know, how we, we reconnect and, and so on and so forth. I don't want to give away too much of it because it's a brand new song and we haven't sung it yet. 
Will the um, people be able to watch it online or anything like that? Yes, I will try to get the link to you and okay. pass it on to several people so that they too can watch it. It was supposed to happen on Saturday, but the Ghanaian police band wasn't quite ready. Okay. But now they are, so we can go on Tuesday. One last thing I want to ask you before you go, because um, I just wanted uh, your thoughts on this, because it's it's important to my culture and the culture of the Caribbean. What do you think yeah. of Marcus Garvey? Marcus Garvey is, to my mind, the greatest black man of the 20th century. Mm. You know, people tend to believe that academia means universities and things like that True. only. True. Marcus went the other way. He didn't get in there. But I'm trying to find the university um, educated person who could articulate his position better than Marcus or half as good. Or um, in any form or fashion, come up with the ideas that supersedes Marcus. Marcus was ahead of his time. There were people like Julius Nairi and others who emulated this man. He had plans that if it had worked, most of us would probably be still in Africa and visit these islands because we would have gone back to Africa and developed Africa. Now, I say that to say this. <laughs> there is there is a um there is a there are two presidents of Liberia that were Barbadians mm -hmm. that that they were influenced by Marcus. Marcus asked them the question Are you an African? Mm -hmm. Are you an African born in the Caribbean? Do you want to go back home? to Africa, and all of those answers became yes. And here was this little boy going with his mother and father to Africa at 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And he became the president of Liberia and was an outstanding president, right? I have the name of the boat, I can't remember it right now, that they went on, how many people went, how they cleared the land and, and, and everything. And then his son became president of, of Liberia as well, out of Barbados. So Barbados produced two African presidents. And all of that was as a result of the work that Marcus did. How he encouraged um, African people born in the Caribbean to go back home to Africa because Africa had more gold, more diamonds, more bauxite, more manganese, mm -hmm. more everything, more wood, more more you could think of it than any other place they had ever been. So opportunities were there. But then it rained and, and you had this 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 hurricane, this storm against what Marcus was preaching as though they tried to to, to, to um, portray him as being some villain or something like that. I mean, in fact, he was a genius, mm -hmm. he was a great man, and he was a great leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I have Marcus picture up in my house. You know? Because he is my hero. Okay. Um, my hero, too. I have nothing but good things. The more I think of Marcus Garvey and um, what he had to say in life. Uh, and you know what, 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 one of my greatest moments in life, about four years ago, mm -hmm. a friend of mine called David Thomas-Jean, who is now our um, representative, CARICOM, Barbara's representative, CARICOM. He's our um, CARICOM ambassador. He told me, Gabby, I have a surprise for you. Come to the Clementine Center tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Okay, Dave, I'll come. When I went, he introduced me to Marcus Garvey's son. Marcus Garvey. It was a big moment for me because here I 
was meeting with the son of my hero mm. because my hero had gone on to that land that we all have to go to at some time. Yes, eventually. And I said, my goodness, this is a, this is a, what a momentous occasion. I am here with Marcus Garvey's flesh and blood, his son. You know, and I, I felt powerful. He's a, he's a doctor. He teaches at one university in, in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And a very brilliant man. Yes, he's very And you know, smart. It was because of Marcus being so brilliant, they don't talk about his son. You know, it's, it's a pity. Mm-hmm. Because by age 32, Marcus already had a following of over 20 million people, black people across the world. Jehovah's Witness has been advertising, promoting, got TV, got radio, they have Instagram, they got WhatsApp, they got everything. And they're still only at between 5 and 6 million followers. And Marcus Garvey, with no internet, with no kind of TV, <laughs> with true. no radio ready to speak of, with, you know, very few newspapers carried his story, was able to garnish, put together 20 million black people. Mm. My God. Yes. He had plans. As major achievement. Boats and it, you know, pure genius. Yes. yes. A, a brilliant scholar, if I may say so. Because I don't talk scholar as being one who has some degree from a university. He's a scholar. He was a scholar of the highest caliber. Because mm. his brain was so brilliant. His ideas were so brilliant. His vision was so magnificent. And so, when I visited the Marcus Garvey Center in Jamaica, it was one of the highlights of my life some three and a half years ago. That's the voice of the man that I uh, invited back, Drew and I, because um, we wanted to hear this side of you. Am I proud to say that I heard it and I enjoyed it? But um, one last question, sir. Who is this gentleman I'm talking to? Sir? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I am a fellow born in what people call ghetto in Chapman's Lane, Emerson in Barbados. My mother was a midwife. My grandfather was a fisherman. My father was an artisan. And I grew up in a large family of lots of cousins and four brothers, three brothers and one sister. And, um, and lots and lots and lots of friends. I love music from small, from very young. Got involved with music at six years old. On the stage with the village choir. Came through everything. And at 10 years old, wrote my first song, song called Vote for Motley and Get Free Katie. By the way, Motley happened to be what was grandfather the song? of What was the song called? Pardon me? What was the song called? Vote for Motley oh, and, vote get for free, <laughs> and Get Free Katie. Because <laughs> at the time, you know, Katie was a big thing when you were going to school. You had to get Katie, right? Oh, so vote for Motley and Get Free Katie. <laughs> You know, you know, so <laughs> and that's my first song. My first song. Um, I, uh, I see, um, oh, I, I, uh, I see some of your listeners want to say hi to you. Uh, um, um, there's Drew and there's, um, uh, Joel. Joel want to say hello to you on here. Um, oh, Joel, yeah, I, 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 I get. I am in, in contact with Joel every day through WhatsApp. Ah, okay. So say your piece quickly, Joel, because we're running out of time and there's Drew, um, is gonna come on after you. So. Hi, Gabs. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just, um, reading a, um, a poem here that you sent me about Sparrow. Recently it was rumored that Sparrow dead. Mm-hmm. And you wrote me a poem to the same um, rumor that was going around. And yes. 
the poem says, Stop Killing Sparrow. Yes. <laughs> it said, I used to live at Sparrow. No stress, no overload. With pleasure and ease, life was a breeze down there on Simeon Road. I never had to worry about meals that you could guarantee. Every single day, Margaret, his wife, would cook them for me. She knew I only ate seafood as my flesh might meet. So Margaret, we call her so, would make sure fish I would eat. Then it was the music. No need to discuss that. That is like discussing cheese and milk with somebody house gas. Sparrow is my buddy, my mentor, and my friend. Only death itself can put that friendship to an end. Mm. Here mm. is the king of Calypso, the boss without dispute. Anyone else, anything else, could not be speaking truth. But look, ever so often, for, for what reason, I don't know. Some newspaper or radio does announce the death of Sparrow. Communication got modern, faster with more time. So nowadays, they're using social media to tell the lies. This rumor fake news and scandal, this wicked malicious strife, happened as you know to Sparrow at least four times in his life. Once the first occasion, it triggered the song Simpson, Sparrow Day, was the classic he wrote on the next occasion he fell ill to New York. Years later at that, the rumor mongers pulled the same trick from the magician's hat. Your boy gone, Gabby boy, he gone. This time there's no doubt. I didn't have to peruse. I get the news straight from the horse's mouth. A few days ago, do you know once more, I heard of the death of Sparrow. This time they send me pictures of my friend Spree Sparrow. Offering me condolences and heartfelt sympathy. At a time with no reason and rhyme, I lost the only uncle I had left this time. They had me convinced that Sparrow had met his death. I also, I also want you to know that two short weeks ago, they also started playing with my head. Gabby, how you could be answering the phone? Well, I just get the news that you did. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm so... The day will come eventually when both Sparrow and me will breathe our last breath, will beat this thing called death. Is It is there for everybody. Meanwhile, what is there to gain? Could someone please explain why they put our families through such strain and pain? <laughs> Let this madness wicked cease. It can't even call the police. We are not yet deceased. We are not yet deceased. And when the time comes, when the time comes, I hope we die in peace. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, Gabby, I, I, I try to figure out what makes a person sit there and say this person has passed and you don't know what, what, what what's it? You know what I mean? I don't have much time because I want to catch Drew's opinion on what he's doing wherever he is. But what what is your opinion on that? I heard this the poem and I I liked it very much. But why do they create this kind of thing? I think they're looking for attention. They're trying to get attention come to themselves. Yes. Yes, I firmly believe that. And Drew, what is it you have to say to your... <laughs> uh, this guy this guy believes in his... Uh, I got to say Gabby, because um, he says you made him want to be a Calypsonian. <laughs> That's once upon a time. Say How you doing, Gabby? Hi, I'm fine. How are you keeping, Joe? Um, I'm keeping good. Hopefully, I'll be seeing you soon. Hopefully, in a uh, couple right. of months, I'll come visit the sun, a sunny island of Barbados, and hopefully, I can get on the beach if Jack doesn't block <laughs> anything. <laughs> Don't worry. We have, we have plenty of beaches here for you to come and, uh, and enjoy yourself in Barbados. Yeah, I'm just going to ask you one question because uh, we're kind of pressed for time. You know, mm -hmm. like this, uh, what, what, what do you think us as black people, we need to know we need to know most about our history. 
The first thing, as I mentioned it before, that we, our history does not begin with slavery. That's the end part of it, the last, last part. And secondly, that we definitely descended from kings and queens. I wrote a song about it. We descend from kings and queens. We went through the horror scenes, but God met you backbone strong to show them the right from wrong to rise up the African children. Victory is certain. Victory is more than certain. Right? Now, the thing about it is that we have to, to let us know who we are. We are a proud, brilliant, wonderful people. The first people in the world. All other races spring from us. You know, the Japanese tried to say at one point, oh no, we are a race that developed by ourselves. And then they check your DNA and they check your line. They have to hold their head and ball. Oh my God, yeah, we come from that. We will be too. The English did the same thing. There's something called the Cheddar Man. Check it out. First Englishman, 10,000 years ago, black, right? There's nothing that predates him. So we know where the white people come from. They were first seen at the foot of the Caucasus Mountains in Russia. That's why they are called Caucasians, right? So, we black people are the first people on this earth, and we should be proud. Being first in anything is fantastic. Using both first. You understand? And first for a long time. It can be a long time before anybody breaks his record as they ever do, right? First. And so we can go on and on about first. And we are a race of first. First mathematicians. First this and that. First people to, 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 to cross the, uh, uh, the different oceans. First people all the time to build boats that can make that trip. The first people to, to, to do cesarean sex and the first people to map the stars. Right? We are the first. So if we are the first, be proud of you being the first. Yep. You are the first singers, the first composers in the whole world. You know, one of our great composers, black, was Beethoven. They don't tell you that. They try to make him look and sound white. But he was black. Mm-hmm. You understand? So mm-hmm. we, that's the first thing. We got to be proud of ourselves. Once we do that, we are on our way the glory, man. The right. You know what? You know what? I'm very, I'm very thankful that you give that answer because that's the answer I was actually looking for. Because you got to know where you're coming from to know where you're going. Right. Correct. Thank exactly. you, gentlemen, yeah. very much. I have to wrap it up at the moment. The right honorable. Yeah, I just want to say hello to my friend Cheryl quickly because she, she is a, a just returned as a teacher and she's also. Uh, she hosts a, a jazz show and she's listening. She's the one who let us know that we were not uh, uh, muted and so on. So thanks, sir. Ah, thank you. That's why we have great listeners and we. The right honorable cultural ambassador to Barbados, uh, Dr. Anthony. You, you know, <laughs> I am. Would you like to say a quick word to Gabby, ma'am? Cheryl, say something quickly to Gabby. Your mic is unmuted. Um, Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Yes, this was a wonderful interview, and thanks to my friend Gabby. We also speak almost every day. Nice. And... uh, he is a brilliant, yes, brilliant, he is. Yes, uh, son he is. of the soil, and uh, I am. I'm glad to be his friend. We we go way back when for Brooklyn times. Hmm. Yep. Well, you know, um, I have to give. Uh, I'm tr- still trying to finish, Doctor Anthony Carter. Um, we have to give you the last words. What are your famous last words? We have two minutes. I want to thank you, first of all, Fred, for this opportunity to speak with all people, not speak to, but speak with. Yes, sir. And also to let people know 
that Barbados have no idea of the affinity and the love I have for all people, but how much Jamaica has done for me over the years. Every time I look around, there's a Jamaican there for me. Mm, that's nice. You know, it's emotional because I, I cannot imagine. I never could imagine that I go to London, there's a Jamaican day for me. I go to New York, there's a Jamaican day for me. I go to Jamaica, there are several Jamaicans, whether they're teaching at UE, whether they're uh, people who are musicians, whether they're broadcasters like yourself, people like Byron Lee, who introduced me to the Jamaican audiences and so on. So, I have a lot to thank Jamaica for. And we have a lot to thank for, thank you for, for spreading the good words. I thank you, sir. And I wish you all the best. And I'm glad that I, we took the opportunity to bring you back because this was the other side I was talking to people about. It's, by the way, do you, are you gonna get back? You have won all the titles to be won in Barbados, but are you gonna get back into the, into the ring? And, uh, no. <laughs> no, my days, my days are over. I managed to win several times and wrote for other artists. I had the honor and privilege of writing for more than a hundred and twenty other Barbadian artists. Mm. So I'm eternally grateful to them for accepting my work and recording it and performing it. You know, I want to thank each and every one of them. And a lot of them you know, some you don't know. I don't want to name any because then it would look like you're leaving out certain people, but they know who they are. And so I want to thank every principal at every school, including the school Cheryl used to teach at Lester Vaughan for inviting me to, to sing or to, to do a, a cultural presentation or a historic presentation uh, since 1977. And I want to thank all broadcasters everywhere, every DJ for playing my music and for the government and people of Barbados, whether it be BLT, BLT or whoever, who have always embraced me and I thank them from the bottom of my heart. Gabby, I don't know your political... Your political... uh, Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't know your political uh, thing in Barbados, but I have to, I, I have to say this. Because I was totally impressed when I saw your Prime Minister stood up in that United Nations thing and that speech that she gave was totally unbelievable. I felt good to be a Caribbean person. Well, let's put it this way. We in the Caribbean have produced great leaders, yes. world leaders, whether it be Manly, whether it be Motley, whether it be Arabaro, whether it be Tom Adams, whether it be um, uh, uh, Williams of Trinidad, whether it be Bird, whether it be, uh, you name it, we have produced great leaders in the Caribbean, whether it be Marcus Garvey himself, or people like Louis Farrakhan, who has Caribbean roots, and yeah. who were raised by Caribbean people in Boston. So, you know, we have made our contribution, all people, people like Cheryl, that mm-hmm. taught here and went to school in the United States and come back here to Barbados and make the contribution to our educational system. You know, we have to be grateful to all these people. And I am grateful and honored that people like Ralph Gonzalez and other leaders are my personal friends. That when I go to Vincent, Ralph vexed because I ain't come and stay by him. (laughs) Right? So, like, you know, it, it is that kind of relationship that we have with the Caribbean yes, and all yes, people, you yes, know, and I, I am great. I mean, I can never pay back these people for what they have done to me, how they have embraced me all these years. Sir, I thank you very much for this hour talking with us and I enjoyed every minute, minute of it. Uh, you're coming back, not right now, because people are going to say it's only Gabby getting the ear time. No. But we, we trying to, um, you have taken care of this, uh, Black History Month for us. And I am totally grateful. You have, uh, made me feel good. You've made my audience feel good. And I wish you all the best. Continued success. Thank you. you know, enjoy. Thank you. Hi, cousin Lorna. <laughs> so be good. All right. <laughs> 
Take care. All right, my brother. Be good. I I, I gotta play. I gotta play this before I leave. (laughs) This is the man, Gabby himself. Thank you, Gabby. I was feeling Why she give me pain? Now me whole body feeling better than ever. One of the veterans of beautiful Barbados. One injection in my midsection, I did enough to pay. Then she give me something and tell me swallow fever pan right away. When you're coming back, Santa, when you're coming to give me medicine. A hairy. I got two mind to stop the treatment, give you a year in your body. You, when you're coming back, Santa, when you're coming to give me a medicine. Dr. Anthony Gabby Carter. A gentleman that you could talk about anything, anything in the Caribbean, you can you could talk to him about. And that's what I love. When he came here, we talked music, yes, and this and that. But I... I uh, certainly enjoy talking to him about the politics and the world knowledge of what we believe sometimes and all that. So thank you, sir. Please.